So this time we've been looking at why we do things the way we do. Um, so why do we have impact? That was the first one. And why do we bother listening to teaching from God's word, the Bible? Why do we take time to worship Jesus? Why do we bother to play fun games? Why hasn't Josie's mum made us all bear costumes? That's my main question. And then last week, Ashley talked to you about why we choose to surrender to God. And if you missed out on any of those, I encourage you to catch up with them because a lot of them are on the church website and the ones that aren't may soon be, be uploaded on there. So today we're going to think about why we have community. Why do we meet together as a group at Impact or at Pod or at church or in life groups if you're an old person? Um, and in one sense... A lot of the things that we've already looked at this series somehow just work better when they're done in groups. So if you're listening to, to someone talk about something from the Bible, you've got a group of people to discuss it with afterwards. Um, and if you're worshipping Jesus, you can harmonise beautifully together as you sing. Um, and if you're having fun and playing games, there's a reason why Solitaire Ninja has not taken off. It's just better together. <laughs> And it's great to meet up and see friends. It's good to help each other out. Um, it's good to meet up to try to vanquish Toby once more. <laughs> and fail again. <laughs> but I mean, you could do any of these things that we've talked about. You could do them, you know, any kind of club. So is there actually anything special about a church community? Or the community we have here at Impact, which is part of King's Church. Um, is it any different from being a member of the Postage Stamp Appreciation Society? Or the Simon Quincy Fan Club? Uh, yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Craig is the sole member. <laughs> so Jesus says that there is something different. So in the Bible book of Matthew, which is one of the four accounts of Jesus' time on earth, Jesus teaches this to his disciples. He says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by the Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Meeting together in the name of Jesus moves heaven. It gets things done. Now, this doesn't mean that if you pray on your own, God isn't going to hear you. It doesn't mean that if you're praying by yourself, God's not going to answer you. But there's just something powerful about meeting together, um, which in a, in a sense we don't fully understand. But this is why, for instance, when we start worship, we often declare that we're here to worship Jesus. That's why it's a good when we're doing worship together at Impact to pray out loud together. So that way, when you pray out loud, other people in the room can agree with you. And not only that, but Jesus says that he is also there agreeing with you and that the Father God will hear and move. And if you think about it, God is community. The way God is described in the Bible is that he's three persons in one what we call the Trinity. So he's God the Father, Yahweh, he's God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, who doesn't seem to have a particular name, but yeah, the Holy Spirit. 
Um, so the church, and Impact is part of King's Church, is to stand as a community whose interactions display the glory of God. And no matter how individually brilliant you might think you are, you cannot on your own display the glory of God. So if you think about it, within the Trinity, they have different roles. For example, Father God created the universe. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And he planned a way that we could be made holy and brought into friendship with him. And Jesus, he's the one that came to earth. He died as an innocent sacrifice to take the punishment for our disobedience. And he's the founder and perfecter of our salvation. And the Holy Spirit is the one that who convicts us of our sin and helps us understand God's amazing gift to us. So the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they work together in this community to save us and to change us, to be more like Jesus with ever-increasing glory. Thank you. And as well as working together, they rely on one another as well. For instance, Father God and the Holy Spirit, they rely on Jesus to come to earth and be the perfect sacrifice. And Jesus, he says in the Bible that he doesn't know the whole plan. For instance, he doesn't know when he's going to come back to earth again. But he trusts and leaves that to God the Father. And the Holy Spirit relies on God to send him where he needs to go in Jesus' name. And even though God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all eternal, and they're all holy, and they're all equal in power and glory. There is a chain of command within the Trinity. So Father God is the head, and Jesus is obedient to his Father. And the Holy Spirit is obedient to both the Father and Jesus. And so these are all things that when we gather together as a community we should be reflecting as part of that glory of God. In a letter to the church in Corinth, which is in Greece, the Apostle Paul used the example of a body to describe how a group of Christians should work together. And this is what it says. For we were all baptised by one spirit to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not what made up of one part, but many, now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And then if an ear should say, I don't know how it says it if it's not a mouth, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, um, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body was one giant eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were one giant ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed all the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there's many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think of as less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts, 
need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no divisions in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. Because if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So if you're a Christian here today, this is both a challenge and excellent news. So take a moment to look around at your fellow impactors. (laughs) These are the people that God has deliberately put you with. Does that fill you with joy or horror? (laughs) I imagine that it's a bit of both. There will be people that you get on with naturally because you like Doctor Who or or you go to the same school so you can commiserate about how horrible Mr. Blogs the PE teacher is. But there will be other people in the community that you find really annoying. (laughs) I'll be completely honest with you. There are people in the church that I find annoying. (laughs) There are people that I don't see. I look at them and I don't see what their purpose is in the body. And I think, you're not pulling your weight. And on the other hand, there are people that I really envy. You know, I look at them and I think, oh, you have loads of time, as I see it. You've got all the time to go out and do stuff for God. And and then there's the people that have the courage to go up to homeless people and proclaim the gospel to them. And I'm looking at them and go, ah. But both of these ways of thinking are wrong because they're, they're kind of focusing on me alone. They're not thinking about the community as a whole body. And I'll be completely honest with you, jealousy is something I do struggle a lot with. And every time the devil tries to set it off in my head again, I have to go back and remind myself about Bible bits like this. And about how the church or impact is supposed to be a community. And that the reason the the community is there is to reflect God's glory. Of course, it's never going to be perfect, is it? There will be conflict, but part of being this community that reflects God's glory is is founded on God's love, is that we bear with one another, forgiving as God has forgiven us, and owning up and seeking forgiveness when we're the ones that hurt other people. So let's get serious here for a minute. If impact or pod or King's Church is a place which is characterised by infighting, by boasting, and people pushing themselves forward at the expense of others. That wouldn't be any different, uh, say, like the Houses of Parliament or something like that. It wouldn't reflect the glory of God. Now, I don't think that this is what this community is like. I think that we do reflect the glory of God, but let's keep on keeping on. So if you're a Christian, that is the challenge for you. It's the challenge for you personally, and it's the challenge for the community that you have been put in by God. 
God has placed every one of the people around you just as he wanted. And he's designed them for a purpose. And he's designed you for a purpose as well. The way the church body works is completely different to the rest of the world, the way the world works. So everywhere we, we hear things like might is right and survival of the fittest and when you look around in the world, people promote people that they think are clever, they admire people that they think are beautiful, are rich, are famous. And in a sense, the church community is the exact opposite of this. Remember, this is what the passage said. It said, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And those parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that the parts should have equal concern for each other. Because if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honoured, every, every part rejoices with it. So we, as a community, are called to have equal concern for one another. So if someone is upset, we, we weep with them. And if someone has had a really good day and you know, had, a, had a victory in sports or performed a really good concert or something, we celebrate with them. And we have to understand that God has given everyone an indispensable role in the body, even if we can't see it. Or we look at them and we see what their part is, or we think we see it, and we think, that's a really rubbish job. Those jobs are indispensable. We're called to honour one another and bear with one another's faults. But if this sounds too much, if this sounds too hard, and it feels like there are some people that are just too annoying for this, then I'll refer you back to the beginning of the passage. It says, For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the spirit to drink. So if you're a Christian, then you actually do have a massive thing in common, because Jesus died to take the punishment for your sins, and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. It's this baptism in the Holy Spirit that makes us one body. And it doesn't happen naturally. It doesn't happen by trying harder or gritting the teeth. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that. We can only reflect the Lord's glory personally and as a community if we're filled with the Spirit. And this is the excellent news for you if you're a Christian, that if you ask God to help you live in this community and help you get on with other people, and if you choose to obey him in that, he sends the Spirit to help you do it. be a community as well um, which is closed and it's not supposed to be a community where we grow it by only inviting people to be in it who are like us so when we talk about new day in Carity Wood or Youth Alpha actually we even said this earlier said think about your friends that you want to invite but what about the person in your class that's lonely that doesn't have many friends or the person in your class that's a bully, maybe because they've never known real love and acceptance by anyone. <coughs> Excuse me. Or what about 
inviting the person that acts really superior in order to hide their deep sense of insecurity and shame. All of these people are made in God's image, but don't know it, and God longs for them to become part of his family. And if you're not a Christian here today, the community of Christ, oh, excuse me, that the community of Christ is good news for you. So you're, you're experiencing it now. And in the longer term, that you can join it. So God offers the invitation to you to acknowledge that you've done things wrong and that you're not right with him. And he gives you the invitation to turn away from that sin. But he also gives you the invitation to trust that Jesus' sacrifice took the punishment for your sin. And God offers you, in the long term, eternal life with him, once your time here on this earth is up. But on this earth, he offers you this community. And that offer is open to every single one of you. God has made everyone here for a purpose, whether or not at this moment in time, you consider yourself a Christian or not a Christian. He has made you for a purpose, and he has a part for you to play within the body, within the community, within the community of Christ. And you are made in his image, and God longs to bring you into his kingdom and into his community, and to make you his sons and his daughters. And Just take a moment to think about that community that God offers you, which is a community that should reflect his glory and is a community that is for people of all nations, all tribes and tongues, as the Bible says. It's a community of different people that God somehow gives the grace to to not just kind of get on with one another, but to love one another with the love that comes from him, to forgive one another, to ask for forgiveness, to help one another, to encourage one another when we're feeling down. That is the kind of community that we are seeking to be here. And that is the kind of community that we want people to, to have access to, to have access to the love of God, to reflect that love of God here and everywhere that we go.